Wow. Well, good morning. It's good to see you all from seated on stage. I'm Darina Williamson, and I am the better half of our pastor. <laughs> it's Mother's Day. I can say that, right? <laughs> it's good to be here this morning. For those who are visiting with us, um, we are doing a little change of format this morning. Um, my husband has been taking us through the book of Titus, and we've been focusing on leaders. And so on Mother's Day, we wanted to um, segue from our normal format with having him or someone give the word. Last week, our men, um, namely Brother Eric, is he in here this morning? What an amazing, amazing blessing he was last Sunday. If you weren't here, you need to listen to the word that he gave um, and the men who came up and just shared their hearts with us. Um, at Strong Tower, we love the power of story. And um, we know that the Bible is one grand story with God as the theme. And today, we are going to um, hear from some gems that are in this body. Um, all of you have great stories. As I look out, I see some new moms. I see Libby back there. Happy Mother's Day with your little one here. And I see uh, we have expectant moms. And we just all... Um, who are mothers um, who are blessed with that joy come in with, um, with different stories, with different challenges, with different joys. And so today it's, it's an honor for you to hear from, from women with wonderful stories. Um, in recent news, as I think about being a mother today, um, we've seen the story in the life of um, some unique women um, one, her name is Toya. I've never met her, but most of you have probably seen video footage of her. Um, she became to many a symbol of bravery as she snatched her son from um, the destructive behavior that we all witnessed going on in Baltimore. Um, many called her a hero, a mother of the year for her strong action um, towards her son, who she had told not to go, and as some of our children do, go and do what they're told not to. Um, right after she was hailed a hero of some, by some, she was criticized by many. And, um, and as I watched her story unfold as a single mother of six, um, just thought, boy, the pressures of being a mom today. Um, a world away, we saw another mother in the news, a very popular mother, a very beautiful mother. Um, across the sea, a royal birth occurred. And uh, Kate Middleton, the Duchess of Cambridge, gave birth to the long-awaited princess. And I know no one was camping outside the hospital waiting when I gave birth, but boy, were there avid fans waiting to see this, the sight of what child she would bring forth. And um, I'm sure some of you who, uh, like me, did not look like she did after birth, <laughs> thought, perhaps like I did, how does she look that good? After giving birth. And then my husband, of course, reminded me, well, if you had the staff and the people around you that she did, then, you know, not to slight how I looked. I think I looked pretty good after one or two of my births, but certainly not after all four. <laughs> but, you know, again, the pressures of being a mom today, even on the Duchess of Cambridge. I'm thankful to be a mom. Um, I'm thankful first before I think of myself as a mom, I think of the woman who brought me into this world and her story of um, not expecting me and not being very happy that I came into existence outside of her grand plans 
being depressed for a lot of that pregnancy. I think I turned out okay. I feel like I feel all right. But she let me know that she was pretty depressed for most of that pregnancy. Having a seven-month-old and then finding out you were pregnant was not her plan. But uh, God was good, and here I am. And, uh, and then for me to become a mother, God sort of boomeranged. And, you know, my 21-year-old was not in mine and Chris's plans at the time that he came on the scene. Um, but it's the grand reminder in my heart and my soul that God's ways are much, much higher than ours. And they are very, very good. So I'm thankful for my three sitting here and my one in the back. I want to start today with um, an amazing uh, woman in our midst. If you guys don't know Miss Artie, she is a jewel. Um, she's probably best known as the mother to uh, that beautiful lady sitting up top, Tammy Lennox. Um, Artie is uh, an amazing woman of God. Her beloved husband has been with Jesus now for five years. And she, uh, in addition to being the mother of Tammy, she has a son, Terry, and collectively has four or eight grandchildren. And she has a long history of teaching and of nurturing. And Miss um, Artie, you've um, been at Strong Tower, or we've been in your life for, gosh, over 15 years, I think, now. Um, you have a real heart for encouraging moms from a teaching place. And you're going to share about that this morning. Well, happy Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, I told Doreen it's been a few years since I've done this type of thing, and I have to admit I feel more tension and, and uh, yet excitement to a degree of do, to do this. Uh, so pray for me as I share. Uh, <clears throat> I think one of the first things that I would say that, that it's important for a mother, and most of the things I say about a mother today also apply, apply to a dad. So you can kind of, if you're the dad, you just take this as your instruction as well or your encouragement as well. And uh, that is to be there for them. So often in this busy world, we begin to think, boy, we just don't have time. But I, you don't spend your time any more valuable and with any more rewards than what you do explaining it with your children and giving it with your children. And I have to say grandchildren as well because I, uh, we moved here after we had been pastoring in Hot Springs and moved here at retirement time mainly to be close to, I, I should say to my da- daughter and son, but I have to say according, close to our grandkids. <laughs> and so, uh, but we have enjoyed very much then of sharing in their lives as well. And I think time is just such an important factor that you have to make time, and the best thing to make time for is to spend time with your family and with your children. I have a scripture that I want to read. I can locate it here that I think is some instruction from God, and I can't believe I didn't bring my glasses up. <laughs> I'll try reading it with that. Okay. This is in Deuteronomy 6, and it's starting with, with uh, verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I commanded you today shall be in your heart, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Uh, That really sounds like a terrific assignment for it, doesn't it? Sounds like it's a full-time job, and it is. (laughs) And and that, I think, is... is, we, We would have to look at that and say, that's just impossible 
I'm not holding my mic here, right? Am I? And I have a disadvantage here because I've got a son-in-law that's on the soundboard. If he doesn't like what I say, he can just turn me off. <laughs> I should have known he would do that. (laughs) I'm going to have to hold my book up a little bit because I've got some notes here and I don't see them very well without glasses. Okay. The most influential way that we can teach our children is by being. Uh, Whatever we are saying to them, I think there's an old adage that says, what you are is so strong that I can't hear what you're saying. Because, and what we are in the home and what we, how we live in the, in the four walls that we live in with our children, uh, we can't f- fake much of that. Most of that has to be real or they're going to know it. And so uh, I think that God, in the instruction he's given here, he hasn't left us without help, without, without him being there for us. And I have found that in my time as mom and as pastor's wife and as, as uh, children, grandchildren, all this, that if I didn't have the Lord to depend upon, I would be very, very lost. Because he's just a daily, daily reassurance and help to me. So I think the time of being there, being who you are, and really living your life is going to teach your children a lot. And that, that doesn't mean that we don't have to say, because we do have to, to voice as well, I think, what our faith and what our uh, dependence on God is. It's not uh, right to... To take credit for something that God is doing, I have had people say to me before when I will say to them, "Well, I prayed about it, and I, so and I would be thanking God for something." They'd say, "Already, that would have happened anyway." And I thought, "Well, it might have, but at the same time, when I prayed about it, I know that the Lord's going to answer, so I'm going to give Him credit, and my kids are going to know, know that I'm giving Him credit." And um, so that's one one of the main things I think. Now, let me take a look here at my notes a little bit, which I'm skipping. <laughs> Um, okay, the only way that a parent can ever teach the sovereignty of, and lordship of God and the only way a parent can teach children to love God with all their passion and commitments and with all their being the, and an intellect and with the energy and stamina is for the truth to come from the parent who truly, truly knows it. And like I said, they're going to know if we're saying something, trying to teach something that is not within our realm of living. So I think that is essential to do. Um, another little scripture that I, that I think lends itself very well to parenting. Uh, I heard my husband preach a sermon on this one time, and I never have forgotten what he was saying, what he, the way he viewed this scripture. It's in uh, Proverbs 22.6. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Uh, my husband was pointing out the fact that it does not say pain uh, train up your children in the way they should go, but it says train, train up a child in the way he should go. And, I, and what he was pointing out then was the idea that every child is different, every child is unique, and, and God has given all kinds of different things and gifts to, to our children, and so we have to get to know them well enough to where we know how to interpret what God is giving us to train up that child. You cannot, as much as people would like to say so, you cannot... Uh, train every child the same because they're going to react differently. They're going to, some are going to just accept very well. Some are going to have their own opinion and have a little bit of a strong will. And I think that has to come from God then directing us on what to do. But they have to be trained in the way that each one of them should go. So that means getting to know them. 
spending time again with them. Uh, we can't raise them all with the same method, even though we will have some basic things that we will have in our home that would, be, that would go for all children. But at the same time, each of them have to have their own unique place. Uh, <clears throat> being a pastor's family uh, had its challenges and its own rewards. And knowing that we had a calling where many kids that we'd come across in a Christian college and other places were totally turned off to God even, and especially to the church maybe, but even to God because of the, of the experience they had had as pastor's children. And um, so we determined before we ever went into the ministry, we had Terry already by then, and we just determined that we were not, nothing was going to be uh, said that they should do or couldn't do or could do, whatever, just because to how it would reflect on dad. So we tried very much through our ministry to, to, if we had something to train our children with, we would say uh, to them, this is what God is instructing us. And if they, I don't think it ever came up in our home that I remember of, of us saying that, you know, we have to do this to impress this one or impress that one, but simply to live our lives in, in accordance with God's will and to uh, take whatever they, they had, they just had to be raised as we would raise them if we would, had been a, a brick mason's uh, family, which we were for a little while until Jerry went in the ministry. So I think it's important that kids learn that they, don't, that they respect everybody, but they are not uh, a carbon copy of somebody else or that they have to impress somebody and live a certain way. Also going along with that kind of is that I think we have a tendency sometimes of parents to try to live out our dream in a child, something that we did not, were not able to have or accomplish or something else. So therefore what we say is, is we want you to be this or to be that, and we start from the time they're young of training to be that particular, have that particular vocation simply because that was our dream. And that may not be God's dream for them at all. So I think what we need to do is train them up in the way that they should go that God would have them to go. And then from then on, it's their decision to make with our guidance. Uh, a couple little things that I think that are important too is one thing is keep a sense of humor. Uh, it'll get you through a lot of times <laughs> that you might not make it otherwise. Uh, and, and just some little things that maybe, jot down things that your children say and do and all this along through the ways, or you'll forget it especially when you get to grandma's age here. <laughs> I've forgotten much of it. And, but there are so many things that you would like to remember that you don't, so jot them down. Tammy used to give me, on Mother's Day, she would give me an envelope a lot of times that had in there little coupons, like one valuable for one time doing dishes. Or one, she'd say valuable for doing dishes. Then she'd put a little note at the bottom of it, this is for one time only. <laughs> <laughs> because she didn't want that media to use that every time I felt like using it. But I just feel very privileged, as I said earlier, to be a mom and to be a grandma. And I just know that if it's God's... Uh, it's trying to live out what God would have me to be. And you have to do that if you're going to raise your kids. You just do. Thanks much. Thank you, Miss Artie. Boy, that was good wisdom. If I hadn't already asked these other ladies to share, we could just say, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Miss Erica Allen next. Erica is uh, mom to Ayana, 
And uh, in addition to your mom duties, you are finishing your bachelor's in health administration. So, yes, yes. So busy, full plate. And your heart is just to encourage women in trying to balance it all. Yeah. Um, balance is something that I struggle with because I have this uh, type A personality, so I want everything to be perfect all the time. Um, you know, I'm a mom. I'm a very, I have a very strong work ethic, um, which I can thank my mother for that. Um, I'm diligent when it comes to raising my daughter, going to school, and taking care of the home. But sometimes in all of that shuffling around, I forget about me. You know, I would definitely say that I'm in a season of busyness, which some days leaves me exhausted. You know, I think that the world has created an image, and particularly for single mothers, that it's hip or it's cool to try to do it all, be it all, and accomplish it all. And for a while, I bought into that stigma and wore um, a cape like a superhero, like Superman, and, or Superwoman, <laughs> and all the while hiding, you know, my weariness behind a false pillar, pillar of strength for fear of appearing weak um, to the world. You know, I now know that I don't have to do it all, I'm, you know, do it all alone, and I'm not doing it all alone. I'm thankful that I have a Savior who has me on this journey, and is with me. Um, a lot of times with all the responsibilities, and I find myself never being really present. Being in a room with people, just not being present, just being somewhere else, thinking about all of the list of things that I have to do or have going on or assignments coming up and things like that. Um, and thinking about, okay, all of this stuff needs to be done by the end of the day. You know, putting that pressure on myself, you know, not taking the time to enjoy the blessings God has given me. wasn't expecting to be this emotional. <clears throat> um, I now realize that I, ha- that I can find rest in a healthy life balance. You know, rest and balance is something that I have to be intentional about, just like going to work every day. You know, put off some of those chores, watch a movie, take a walk, or have a meaningful conversation with my daughter. You know, explore my own dreams and hobbies and take some time to pamper myself. You know, physical and emotional rest is necessary to avoid crashing and burning. You know, God has entrusted me with a very precious gift. And my daughter, she relies on me for all of her needs. So it's important that I remember where my help and my strength comes from. You know, I might be tired, but I will not quit. I pray, and even though I may think God is silent, I know he is working. Maybe preparing that heart to provide me with an encouraging word, opening up an opportunity um, for me to have a moment to relax and rejuvenate myself. I know God is moving heaven and earth to accomplish his purposes for my life. Um, the one scripture that, um, that drawed me, um, and I hope it's, it encourages me, and I hope it's encouraging for all you moms out there as well as Isaiah 40, 28 to 31. And it says, do you know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. 
He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will not run. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Um, you know, this journey is definitely not easy. Um, but I know God knows what he's doing. Um, and I'm thankful. And I know that those days that I'm tired and I'm weary, that I just keep going because I know God, God is with me. Thank you. I love this. It's so good to hear stories. And uh, I hope that as you listen, if you didn't know these ladies before today, um, that you know now how to pray for them. And when you see Erica, who um, is one of the behind-the-scenes persons who makes sure, amongst other things, that communion and, and a lot of the elements and things that we do, um, she's a reminder that things happen behind the scenes that we don't know about. And so I hope that you know how to pray for her as you, as you hear her story. Um, I forgot to mention that uh, Artie and Miss Erica both have been a part of Strong Tower since our first YMCA days. So you guys are, are long ago <laughs> parts of the Strong Tower family. And then Brooke, you and your family came to Strong Tower when we were at the People's Church. And um, you and Joe have four children through adoption and um, biological as well. Um, they are 10 and under, and um, you have a special needs um, little community that God has yeah. blessed you with, basically, in your tribe, children, yeah. little tribe. Um, Brooke and I got to know each other on a new level, um, I guess two years ago, when um, we did our women's cruise, which I hope we will be able to do again. Um, I noticed a really unique tattoo that you had, and it drew my attention because I'd never seen a tattoo that had um, a scripture, and of course it caught my eye, Matthew twenty sixteen. And when I asked you, you know, what's, I didn't remember what the reference scripture was. And I said, what's that stand for? And when you explained to me why you had that as your tattoo, it broke me down. It just, I never forgot that. And so um, it's just your personal reminder of the gift that God has given you in your family life. Um, yeah, speaking of the tattoo and talking to Dorina, we have four kids, 10 and under, all special needs. Um, Kind of preparing for this, I wasn't really sure why Dorina would ask me because my journey's pretty much like no one else's I've met. Um, I don't know any other moms with four special needs kids. And I think the season I'm in in my life is that I have a lot of joy and freedom in my kids' disabilities. And I don't think I could have said that five, I know I couldn't have said that five years ago. Um, five years ago, I was in a really dark and isolating place in my motherhood, and um, my days were long, my nights were long. I didn't think there was any relief for Joe and I. Um, my thoughts were always all the milestones that now I wasn't going to experience as a mom, um, that I wasn't going to have those mom moments of watching my kids be picked first to probably ever graduate, get married have a job, have children, um, and that was devastating. It was really, really, really hard for me, and it's still hard for me. Um, the way I, I would have these thoughts, and they would just paralyze me in fear, 
And um, having four kids, five and under at that time at home, my only escape was to go run. And um, I would put my earbuds in, I would listen to the worst rap I could possibly download. <laughs> and um, I would escape. I mean, Joe would get my iPhone, he's like, what are these words? Like, how can you run to this? Um, but I would. It was the only time I could silence the fears, and I would go on these angry runs, and I would just run until I couldn't run anymore. And in my runs, I would find myself praying to God, heal them. I was bargaining with them. I was asking, what have I done to not have one special needs but four? And um, it, it was hard. And one day in particular, I had had it at home. I just thought, this is too much. Our world's too much, and I can't do it. So I put on my earbuds, went for a long run, and um, in the middle of Jay-Z, I heard a very clear voice. <laughs> so parents, don't say that God can't speak and rap. Um, but I heard a very, very clear voice, and it's never happened to me before, and it scared me. I mean, I just pulled my earbuds out, and I thought, there must be somebody on the trail with me. And um, very clearly, I heard, Brooke, stop. And then I heard, um, so the last shall be first, and the first will be last. Many are called, but few are chosen. And I didn't hear anything else, and I've never heard God's voice before, and I've never heard it since. Me, anytime. But um, it scared me, and I don't know scripture. I can't quote it. I can't memorize it. It's just not my gift. And so I knew it must have come from the Bible, and I got home and Googled the phrase, and it was Matthew 2016. And um, kind of at that part, I realized that it, the only way I can describe it, it was the light bulb moment for me spiritually. Um, darkness was turned to light, and that um, I, I heard God tell me, this earth is not going to be great for you and your kids. And it's going to be tears and it's going to be disappointments. But I'm going to give you the greatest mother gift that you could ever have. And one day you'll be in heaven and you'll get to witness your kids being called by me. And they're going to be first. So um, it broke me and it made me realize that I can do this. My days aren't any better. Life's not any easier. My kids aren't going to be healed, and I'm really okay. And I have that joy now because I look forward to heaven, and I can't wait to see my kids pass everyone and then God know their name and know that this is the ultimate reward for you. And that's what I get to work towards as a mom. You know, as I corresponded with these ladies um, and asked them to pray and see what the Lord wanted to speak through them, I knew that God was going to have something specific to say to each heart today through them. And that's just the beauty of how the Holy Spirit works. That You may not have known who was going to share. You may not know any of them and their stories, but the Holy Spirit makes a connect. And it's such a joy for me. Thank you, Brooke, for, for sharing and for the reminders of the power of tattoos and Jay-Z. Wow. <laughs> and in church, God is so good. <laughs> at Strong Tower, that's right. Only at Strong Tower. 
Tracy, um, it's been a joy to get to know your family. Um, they are newer to Strong Tower. Um, you and Scott have three children, also through birth and through adoption. And um, your journey, as you shared with me, has had sunshine and a lot of rain. And as we corresponded about it, it reminded me of the song that Laura Story wrote that many of you have probably heard that talks about blessings coming through raindrops and healing coming through tears. And, um, and that's really been the theme of your journey. It has. Um, I typed my story out because otherwise I will rabbit trail you all and we will be here for a week. So I'm going to read. <laughs> I married my husband when I was 20 years old and had just turned 23 when we had our first child, a beautiful baby girl named Grace. She embodied everything I had ever imagined my baby would be, fun, sweet, good-natured. It was through her that I realized I was made to be a mom. Four months later, I was diagnosed with cancer and told not to physically have any more children. Scott and I were crushed. But in the back of my head was still that voice telling me, don't give up, I promised you hope and a future. While grieving the loss of what we thought was to be, we, be we began praying and asking God to give us another child. This brought us to adopt our son, Zachary, who was 12 months old at the time. We fell in love with him immediately. This beautiful, brown-eyed baby boy was so full of love and innocence, and he was ours. Almost immediately after bringing him home, we began to notice that things with Zach weren't progressing like they would with a typical baby his age, so we immersed him with intense therapy. Every single milestone, which you probably get this, <laughs> every single milestone was a huge celebration to us due to the amount of time, blood, sweat, and tears he and I both had to invest for him to progress. Then we found out why. Our Zachary, the baby that we had prayed for, was severely autistic. We were told he would never walk, or excuse me, never talk, never be able to care for himself, never be able to live alone. Once again, we were left to grieve the loss of what we thought was to be. Things in our house were stressful and hard, as they usually are for families who are fighting to help their special needs child progress. And yet again, as always, that still small voice reminding me, don't give up, I'm still here. As many of you know, adoption is, in most cases, a very expensive, emotional, lengthy journey, but I still had a longing in my heart that would not go away. I knew our family was not yet complete. Scott and I decided to try for one more child. I drove to our agency in Nashville to turn in our paperwork, and literally, by the time I returned home, we had a message from our caseworker telling us there was a birth mom that wanted to meet us. From start to finish, we brought home our then five-month-old son, Micah, in less than three weeks. Needless to say, he was handpicked for us. He was like a ray of sunshine and a breath of fresh air in our house, happy, bright, and fun, where things had been stressful and tense for so long. Life was good for the most part, and it was normal for a while. We experienced more loss over the next two years when we lost Scott's mom to cancer, his brother to a motorcycle accident two weeks later, and his stepdad to drugs and alcohol seven months after that. The amazing church that we had helped build went through a very ugly split and ended up closing its doors. We walked away from church after that. Seeing the damage that people could do to each other, people that called themselves Christians, was too much for us. During all that, even when I didn't necessarily want to, I was still hearing, don't give up, I promised. 
at this point, I really thought we had reached our quota of stuff nobody should ever have to go through, right? I was wrong. On November 29, 2013, at 11 o'clock at night, in the emergency room at Vanderbilt Children's Hospital, doctors came in and said the words no parent ever wants to hear. Something showed up on the scan. Micah had a brain tumor. Seriously, God, come on. The tumor was large, and he would have emergency surgery within a matter of hours. The surgery to resect the tumor took 10 hours, and we almost lost our son that day. Micah underwent a total of four brain surgeries and spent over two months in the hospital. He had to learn to swallow, speak, regain movement of his right side. The list goes on and on. Not only does he have the lifelong effects due to the loss of his brain, excuse me, the loss of his pituitary gland, he has the standard effects that go along with brain injury, memory loss, personality changes, etc. My bright, lively, colorful child has just experienced the unimaginable and come out a different person. This was a blow that I just didn't think I could sustain. Why did God keep allowing these things to happen to us? How could God allow my child to go through this? I was angry. I was so angry with him. None of this was okay with me. But the funny thing was, I forgot he didn't ask my permission, or my opinion for that matter. During all this, we were not in church and had not been in quite some time. Everything was taking a toll on me as a mother, on my marriage, on my children individually, and on our family as a whole. It was so heavy. I wasn't sure I could carry this load for one more minute. But I kept hearing that still, small voice, Hang on. I've got this. Please don't give up on me. I haven't given up on you. It was then we found Strong Tower. Pastor Chris and this church became a lifeboat for our family. Just when the weight of everything was so great and we thought surely we were going to sink, God brought reinforcements. I wish I could say that I walked through this latest trial with Micah as a shining example of all that should embody us as believers. See, I was raised in a church by the most amazing godly parents. I know how I'm supposed to walk things out. I wish I could say that I didn't want to punch every person that came up to me with the best intentions and said, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. I was still angry with him. My prayer time became more of a yelling match with me yelling and him sitting quietly, patiently, taking the blows, holding me, comforting me through my tears, even when I didn't want him to, all the while whispering in my ear, don't give up, I've got you, go ahead and be angry with me, I can take it, I love you enough to let you. We as moms can't not hurt when our babies are hurting. Whether they're born of our womb or born of our heart, I believe it is physically impossible not to feel our baby's pain. If you are struggling or hurting today because of your child or children's pain, don't give up. God's got you, even when it doesn't seem like it, and even when you maybe don't want him to. And when you come back around, he will be there, arms wide open, reminding you, I promised you hope and a future. My grace is enough to sustain you. I've got this. Thank you all for allowing us to share our stories. And uh, I just want to close this part of the service with a word of prayer for all of the moms. So let's pray. God, we acknowledge that you are the giver of life.
and every woman in this room and under the sound of my voice who has experienced motherhood acknowledges that these children are gifts from you. It's your idea. It's your plan. It's your purposes. And we yield that to you as we sang, I surrender all, Lord. Truly, that is the cry and the prayer of our hearts. Lord, today we celebrate the joy of being a mother, Lord, of training up children. Father, we offer to you the pain and the sorrow that comes in that journey. Father, today we remember mothers in our midst who are grieving, whether it is the loss of their own mothers, or whether it is the loss of their own dreams in being a mother. God, we offer to you the plans and the purposes for our children that we have, and we lay them on the altar as Isaac was laid on the altar, and we remind ourselves that you are God. Lord, if there's a woman here this morning who is feeling burdened in being a mother, if there's a woman here today who's not had her child or anyone, praise her today or give her words of blessing. Lord, today we speak your words of blessing over her, that she is a woman of honor, that your grace is sufficient for her, And the hard work that she does, that she may feel no one sees, that you see God. Lord, I pray that no woman would leave here today feeling dishonored or feeling unloved. Lord, may we as a body, may we as a church family love well today. May we mothers who are feeling love from our children and from our families spread that love amongst the body this day. Lord, we thank you for Artie and for Erica, and for Brooke, and for Tracy, for their willingness to share of their hearts, to share of their pain, to be vulnerable, and to be authentic, not to parade any of ourselves as women who have arrived, who are accomplished, or who are doing it all well, but to share with the body that we are on a journey, and that we are pressing, and that your grace is sufficient for all of us. Thank you for that theme today, God. We couldn't have made this happen if we tried but you have done a beautiful thing this day in sharing these stories. And in that, God, we glorify you and we praise you for the journey so far and for being here today, Lord. Thank you that we're just here this day for the beautiful weather you've given us, Lord. That is enough, and we say thank you. We love you, God. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.